Uh, hi, welcome to Story Guts. Um, Molly just added a zero to our countdown because <laughs> this was just something we've never done in our last like 16 episodes. Okay, sorry, Molly. So this is our second episode uh, done done up done apart. Uh, the weather. Hope the weather's treating you well. I'm just saying random words. Molly, take it from here. Well, um, oh, as wait. we usually oh, say wait. at the top of the episode, uh, this is Story Guts. I'm Molly Curran. Oh. That's Alice Lai. Yeah, and I'm this Alice is where Lai. we explore what the stories we tell tell about us. <laughs> okay, I just completely... So that's just the just, business, just... the business end. Okay, you just completely... Yeah, I just got... It's just blew the regular, regular ending just totally out of my brain. Um, hope you're doing well. Today, uh, we're talking about Apocalypse. And uh, specifically, it comes from um, A. Pac, which is person of color, and Calypso. So it's. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it usually, you know, just because in ancient times that was how they heralded the end of a play was someone started dancing on stage during the teardown. So oh, the Calypso dance. I thought you meant Calypso, the like Greek, you know, the one who like distracts. Uh, Odysseus. Oh. oh yeah, was that was that Calypso? I'm, I'm yeah, not aware. isn't Calypso the one on the on the island and she like nurses him and like? Okay, you're probably right because that sounds. But that's also the format of basically every story involving Odysseus. Like he stops at an island well, and an okay. astonishingly beautiful woman yeah, so... takes him in. Okay, true, but like there are various degrees of harmful to him. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's true. So Calypso yeah. was like not harmful. Yeah. She was just like distracting him with like sex and how nice things were yeah that's true it wasn't she wasn't gonna like turn him into like a pig or i, I forget what the other ones are i forget what the other sexy ladies were i'm, I'm sure there were a lot well sure there, there was like nausicaa uh, but i don't know that she was like a sexy lady she was like a young princess though i think there probably there she was sexy because the greeks I mean, yeah i mean this is i mean the greeks Okay, I was I was gonna say because you know I don't all, know what that means. Oh, <laughs> okay, sure. The Greeks. Um, I was gonna be like, you know, it seems like it's like on TV how there's no one who's like really ugly. They're just like he's singing his Homeric ballad, and someone's like, "Is she hot?" And he's like, "Yeah, she's hot." Of course, I'm like, I'm not singing this about ugly people unless I call them out. So, <laughs> so anyways, so Apocalypse, um, and I think it's interesting that we're talking about Apocalypse uh, because there's a lot of uh, post-Apocalypse stuff, and then Apocalypse is like just like specifically um, some work where the world actually does just end in the middle of it. It's kind of a downer, en- the ultimate downer ending. So in, in this case, you could make a good argument for, what, what were the ones you were talking about, Molly? Um, I was talking about the fifth season, or the the Broken Earth trilogy, which I haven't finished the last one yet, so no spoilers. Oh, Um, man, okay. okay. But it does, like, each one opens talking about how it's the end of the world. Um, 
I was thinking about Thor Ragnarok, um, which again, I think like, I, I guess I'm interpreting apocalypse less exactly literally than you, but like dealing with apocalyptic themes, um, I guess mm-hmm. literally like seeking a friend for the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess that's my question because, like, I feel like there are apocalypse stories where the apocalypse is then thwarted. Does that count as an apocalypse story? Oh yeah, sure. Let's yeah, yeah, because like that's definitely not not in the realm of post-apocalypse, which is like right. Like, yeah, so I, I would say like uh, thwarting the apocalypse works. I think um, there's a couple of famous ones. I think Final Fantasy VI. I don't know. I don't remember. It's like three here and six in Japan, or vice versa. Whatever. That one, the the world does end in the middle of the game. Like, there's the world of balance, and then the villain, like, seizes control of, like, uh, you know, powerful magic technology and destroys everything, leading to the world of ruin, which is the entire second half of the game, which I thought, which, which, you know, really blew my mind when I was a young and impressionable 12-year-old. There's also, you could also make a case for Cabin in the Woods, where, uh, have you seen Cabin in the Woods, Molly? I haven't, but you can spoil it. So, so basically that one is, Cabin in the Woods is a movie where... You find out, so spoilers ahead, you find out that uh, basically, like, what fi- it's like a pokes fun at horror tropes, but you find out that a group of scientists are actually, like, orchestrating the one-by-one deaths of these, like, teens in accordance to, like, horror trope uh, beats um, so that they can appease an elder, it's like part steps in a ritual to appease an elder god that will destroy everything if they, um, if it's you know, if they de- deviate from the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like, so that's, so they have like, you know, they're like, okay, first we kill the jock, then blah, 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 or whatever. Right. And of course, uh, so ultimate spoilers, they fail. And the last scene is like the elder God waking up um, because the plucky teens, you know, subvert, turn the tables, blowing everything up. So that's one. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think we we obviously can talk more, more generally and, and zero in on the ones we want. Uh, I'm curious if, uh, okay, sorry. There, there's this, there's something that keeps occurring to me and I keep forgetting about, and it's really, really annoying. So you just take it from here, Molly. Okay. Well, I guess what I, I'd like to just like talk about the, the idea of the apocalypse for a little bit. And I think it's worth like thinking through, like, what are the associations we have with the apocalypse? Like, what do we, think about when we think about the apocalypse because i think there are so many different like forms the apocalypse can take in our imagination right there's sort of like the the biblical apocalypse i think we've got we've all got this like probably very deeply uh ahistorical like um (laughs) you know ancient civilization apocalypse Mm -hmm. uh you know like the the ancient mayans and their calendars or whatever dinosaurs Is that an dinosaur apocalypse? I mean, I hadn't thought of it, but I suppose from the point of view of the dinosaurs. (laughs) Right. um, You know, and then we've got like sort of like a nuclear apocalypse, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the kind of like social breakdown that I think like that is uh, obviously like resonant. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there are (laughs) questions about things like um, like a zombie apocalypse or whatever, where. I think the word apocalypse is maybe misused, right? Um, because, like, a zombie virus spreading or whatever is not really an apocalypse, is it? I don't know. I mean, are we... I guess it's not an apocalypse, but I guess it is, like... 
yeah, it's not apocalypse in the purest um, uh, fire and flames apocalypse, but it is. I guess it is like the breakdown of social order, the end of the world. Um, oh, I was just gonna well, say, Doctor Strange Love is also another um, classic. Yeah, like a nuclear, nuclear apocalypse. Um, that yeah. Anyways, but I, anyways. I mean, like, okay, we don't need to talk. But I just, I guess, what I was thinking because when we when we first said we were going to do apocalyptic and not post apocalyptic, I was like, well, there goes The Walking Dead. But like, I feel like The Walking Dead is neither apocalyptic nor post apocalyptic. Like, they're not post-anything. I guess that they're post-the-initial outbreak. Is that the mm-hmm. idea? Like, Yeah, I mean, I would I would probably say The Walking Dead is post-apocalyptic, just because, uh, like, though I, I always kind of, in, like, parenthetical, end of the world as we know it. Okay. Uh, like the song. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so The Walking Dead. So I haven't really seen The Walking Dead, but it kind of, like, there there is, like, this total breakdown of social order that kind of... Yeah. seems implied right there's no there's yeah, no course. like greater yeah. society it's just like roving bands of people desperately trying to stay alive right i mean there's definitely a strong before and after mm-hmm. um so i i guess in that case um but i i guess i'm i'm more i don't know i guess i i just think that's interesting like it, it to me it feels like a much more like gradual breakdown than like mm-hmm. a there's a comet coming towards the earth and it hit us and like three people survived or whatever oh i see um, i see okay yeah yeah no it's true it's not um there's enough of a civilization but it's it's a it's one that's gone, undergone a significant transformation uh versus mm-hmm. like there like you know that was that was it um and i think you could uh and i think um it's kind of interesting because in the broken earth trilogy that's mm-hmm. also kind of like the world suffers two apocalypse like apocalypse lie or whatever because there's an implied of first apocalypse that kind of you know turned the world into what it is now and there's a second apocalypse that kind of brings up uh starts up the book which is um the rifting so in the fifth mm-hmm. season the book basically the series starts off with someone uh using his powers to bend and shape the world basically cutting a like activating it in a massive fault line straight through the center of a continent causing like ash and fire to spew from it for uh basically thousands hundreds and thousands or thousands of years yeah and then sort of forcing everybody to um you know start going into these things that we're familiar with as sort of the post-apocalyptic um patterns of like roaming bands of groups like people having to sort of form new alliances um struggle to survive um but it's all sort of with this knowledge that another apocalypse of some kind is coming because like the we're we're sort of told from the beginning that like the world is ending um in multiple ways so mm-hmm. and that's, yeah i oh no i was like that's and it's such an interesting i mean i love the fifth season and I think in that case, it's it's made clear like that one of the fir- one of the things you find out is like everyone's just like yeah the Earth is trying to kill us, and you know we kind of I kind of dismissed it as hyperbole at the beginning, but then you read on and you're kind of like ooh yeah that's <laughs> that's a tough break, <laughs> um, just because like even though that one is uh, volcanic in nature, we just sort of like 
at the back, there's this is kind of the idea of the fifth season that rolls around every you know few decades, a hundred years. It's like sometimes it might be like acid rain, sometimes it might be like like snow that makes you eat each other or whatever. But like there's these tectonic like apocalypse level events, and people have evolved a set of uh, societal rules to like weather them. I don't know. I mean, and I think that's that's really interesting to even like beyond all the other really interesting stuff the book goes into. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think there are a lot of like very obvious um resonances with you know, like contemporary events. Uh yeah. I think like, you know, there's a lot of sort of environmentalism in the Broken Earth trilogy, which is by NK Jemison, by the way. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. You know, I think there was a lot of uh, built-in sort of anxiety and, like, awareness of how we are destroying our planet and awareness of the fact that our planet can destroy us back. Um, yeah. And and I think, like, I think that's what's interesting in sort of thinking about these different kinds of uh, apocalypses, like the, the kinds that are um, more the sort of breakdown of social order and the kind that are... Um, just like the world ends period like mm -hmm. that sort of thing um and i think like there aren't a lot of that latter kind um i think because like we are in a i mean i would say probably at least since um you know the cold war but probably <laughs> for a while but like right we're like in this deep anxiety about um about survival but not just survival, but like the the way that um, everything is breaking down. Like we're, we feel like we're hurtling towards death, but um, it's not just happening. It won't just happen at once in sort of like a nice, uh, blissful, like okay, it's over, no worries. But rather, it's it's sort of inevitable while also being drawn out across. Mm -hmm. A lot of times. <laughs> I mean, it is it is kind of dark, but I think we, we it is it is true in that. Um, so for for a, a lucky and very blissfully ignorant portion of our lives, uh, us being uh, millennials, I guess we were born, and then we were kind of told like, oh, you like you know, you didn't live through the Cold War, you didn't have to worry about instant nuclear global nuclear annihilation. Well, one, ha, you know, we got you know, <laughs> we're we're circling back to that fear. Um, and two, but the thing is we still grew up in an age of kind of, uh, increasingly worsening ecological disasters and kind of faced with the, the deferral of, uh, responsibility to fix them. Uh, I think I saw this very good article just, um, written about, uh, school shootings. Mm -hmm. That was just sort of, and, uh, that was sort of talking about how, uh, they've eroded the very basic uh like trust in kind of the quote unquote the american dreams and american values because uh the article writer was saying you know if this is the price of liberty then like you know what is liberty bought us like you know if this is mm -hmm. what the constitution says must allow like then why do we trust the constitution like if we if this is for god and country then um what does god and country like you know why do we owe God and country so much as to allow people to just kill kill children uh, and each other over and over again? Every single time that a mass shooting occurs, we have this evocation of like thoughts and prayers and God and country and Second Amendment and Constitution. And 
none of that, you know, at some point, you know, we're just sort of like, no thanks. Like we, like, you know, if, <laughs> if the choice is, um, and then, and then sort of pairing. So that's a very specific, like sociological kind of erosion. But, you know, in recent years, we also have like every year, it's like we, the temperatures have been colder. The weather has been getting hotter. Uh, we have record highs again, you know, over and over again, every single year from like in the last decade has been, uh, you know, people saying it's gotten hotter than it's ever been before. Like it's record highs again in Australia, in Europe, in Hawaii. And we're also seeing like from, from within America, at least, uh, a reluctance to move on the issue. That's also kind of like, um, very disillusioning. And to the point where, uh, you know, we're saying the apocalypse is happening and we're not going to be, we're not going to be able to send, um, I don't know, Hugh Jackman up on a spaceship to stop the meteor. Is that what, is that him? In Armageddon? Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, Bruce Willis and... I knew it was one of those I want to say Ben Affleck, but I could, I could be wrong. I haven't actually seen this movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bruce Willis. Uh, yeah, I knew it was one of the big guys, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's like we're not, um, <laughs> there's like this idea that, uh, in Pacific Rim, that's like, if, if faced with like an existential worldwide threat, um, every nation will kind of band together and, uh, try to work together, chase it off. Whereas it's much more like a rival where the aliens showing up, um, nearly pushes the world to, a to the brink of thermonuclear war just by doing nothing. Like they just like hang out and everyone gets increasingly worried about them until, uh, <laughs> Natalie Port Is she in the movie? No, in Arrival. Oh, Arrival? Yeah. No, Amy Adams Amy is Adams. in Arrival. Therefore, Amy Adams has to like use some like alien magic to fix things before it really goes south. So, I don't know. This is also very long and very depressing, but <laughs> like... Well, I mean, and I think... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, go on, go on. I was just going to say, like, it's not just, um, what example did you give? Pacific Rim? Like, I feel like that's such a common narrative, right? This That the apocalyptic level event will bring us together as a people. Or it will either bring us together or it will tear us apart. It's one of the two. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, depending on whether you're looking at a um, sort of dystopian kind of thing or not... But, um, you know, like, right, in, in Watchmen, right, that's Ozymandias' big plan, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's like, kill off half the population of Earth in a sort of catastrophic alien event. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then that will, you know, give a common enemy that will bring everyone together. But, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think we we are becoming, I mean, and obviously Ozymandias was the villain, um, I don't necessarily think we're supposed to be like, yeah, he's totally right. Definitely that's going to work. Um, but I, I do think like there, there's a sense or we've been taught that there's this like, um, after tragedy, right. There's a coming together that's supposed to happen, mm-hmm. you know, banding together, um, often against somebody else, but we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, push that aside. Um, 
but like I think I think we are growing increasingly disillusioned with the idea that um you know in the face of the end of the world we will be able to come to any kind of togetherness you know that like right that we have a we have a cup of kindness yet in our in us yeah um like I just I don't know I I feel like <laughs> I mean <laughs> I don't want to be all like yeah the grim dark stuff has it right but I I don't know kind of does <laughs> yeah and i think this is um i think this is interesting because where when we talk about apocalypse apocalypse is uh like we said uh the walking dead we said the i was gonna say the good earth but that's nothing <laughs> um the broken earth trilogy uh is is that it's it's like kind of clean it's like kind of um atonement i guess uh or at least in the nuclear in the nuclear like baptism by fire moment it's just sort of like we've we've undone uh we've used up all the goodwill that god fate or whatever has for us and that's it like we're just going to be scoured from the earth in this one uh annihilating strike so i don't know i mean i think i think of a apocalypse as kind of a global atonement um you do because like we know the post apocalypse like Mad Max etc that's always more mm-hmm. of a um I guess like societal societal examination slash power fantasy of like going across the desert on your like really spiky motorcycle uh-huh. uh huh but I don't know I don't, I don't know I mean I'm I'm just thinking of um like Doctor Strangelove just makes a lot of sense if you in the context of the Cold War of like the the silliness the posturing the masculinity um and the fact that like you know they're arguing over nonsense over and over again until the finale where like they do trigger trigger worldwide nuclear war because they couldn't focus um Mm -hmm. on the problem at hand well, yeah, and I guess I guess part of what I'm saying is like I do think you're you're right in that I do think part of that is is a fantasy. Like I think I think the idea of this um, you know, big nuclear like thing and then everyone's dead, you know, this mm-hmm. idea of a global atonement, like well, look what we've done to the earth we deserve um or whether we deserve or not, like we will sort of have it paid back to us. Uh-huh. Um I think is a very popular story and in a sense it's it's the um you know it's the the earning our just desserts or whatever yeah. um but i think it's a it's a very problematic uh yeah. way of looking at it because mm-hmm. i think um you know like the the entire the entire world's population is not to blame for <laughs> the things that are horrible about right it's this it's, planet. A, it's like, like a, it's it, yeah i mean no i agree and it, it is it is a very dramatic like or yeah it's just like like a uh ideation i don't know i'm thinking of um ray bradbury there will come soft rains uh which i think has a prominent it's funny because i know it's a it's a poem of his but my associate with it is very much of um like high school english textbooks with like a, a nice illustration on the you know in the background uh, mm-hmm. But are you are you familiar with There Will Come Soft Rains? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, so uh, I think the poem's actually referencing another poem in the title, and it's just basically talking about a smart home of the future. Every all humans have been killed by uh, nuclear war, 
but mm-hmm. you know their mother nature persists lives on um and in specific ray barrettberg's one there's like this smart house that's like making breakfast and like you know turning on the lights and like reading reading a recap or something to people who no longer live there Mm. And it's like, and it's got this like final moment of uh, like a fire's burning the house down, and the house just like keeps making eggs for it, um, and stuff. But like, it is it is very like uh, of the time of this like what what we or like in this specific like what we build will persist beyond us, but like it'll still it'll be nonsense. Um, all the technology that will will leave to the earth in the case of some kind of global event. Uh, will be contextless. Um, mm-hmm. It's a trip. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. I guess, like, I guess what I'm, what I just want to really highlight is the idea that um, the the fantasy that we will all suffer equally ultimately through an apocalyptic event is like not true um (laughs) like it's it's not true and uh, i mean i guess i think this is where you know some of the post-apocalyptic stuff gets it right or not but um you know like i think i think it's fair to say you know in terms of the environment in terms of certain like conditions like there are places that because of um western imperialism like like those are the places that are and will suffer before those who caused the problems. Right. Like the people yeah. who right. initiate the apocalypse are not going to be the people who feel the sting of it first. I think it's, and it's just so frustrating. It's like when you um, read the articles about, uh, about like billionaires buying houses and bunkers in New Zealand uh, mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, you can't even die with the rest of us. <laughs> like you can only right. have and the to decency me, like... to like also, you know, uh, choke on the ashes of old Earth or whatever. Right. With <laughs> with the rest of the population. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because we talk about sort of death as this great equalizer, uh, but wealth is really working to <laughs> make sure that's not the case. What yeah, that... what else about the apocalypse? <laughs> what else about do you want to talk about? Like, it is interesting in Final Fantasy VI, uh, so the the world of... It's interesting to me, partially because uh, the first half of the story occurs in a very linear fashion. You're basically here to stop this, like, empire from activating these magical weapons. Uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in, in the second, in the middle part, you fail. Um, and the second part is the world of ruin. It's It's actually kind of interesting because it's very... The narrative has been completely fractured. Like... Like every member of your party has been scattered to the all over the continent, basically, and you're mm-hmm. on a quest to kind of, um, and you can kind of take them back if you want or not. Like they they're all disillusioned, they're all like uh, living smaller lives. Like they're trying to figure out what they can do, and you know, one of them, Terra, is like looking after uh, orphans. Like you know, another one's like given up and joined a cult and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is really interesting just sort of it is just for the um i don't know the way the apocalypse just rewrites like there's no in the way that in those in the game uh the apocalypse shatters like the kind of linear like the idea that there's one story 
Um, yeah. And just sort of like the, I guess it's sort of like the world's not stable enough to support one story. Um, we don't have like with the apocalypse or like with this, uh, there's no more, you know, no more internet, no more, you know, travel, no more, uh, you know, no easy way to like talk across mass distances. Like your world is a lot smaller after the apocalypse, you know, like the walking dead, like they can't mm-hmm. go on Wikipedia. Um, and as a result, <laughs> um, the stories have to be like, it's like interesting. Like the stories have to be smaller too, because there's no way to the, like a grand story requires, uh, infrastructure i guess is kind of what i'm i'm thinking about yeah. in this in this instance i get i get what you're saying um i mean i think that that you see that in um broken earth trilogy as well right mm-hmm. um and you see like through the experimental ways that she is writing that jemison is sort of writing this story um so she writes in the first person the third person and the second person um mm-hmm. and is tracking various timelines various um characters uh really kind of going back and forth through a lot of things and like i think that is represented that like fractured storytelling is is you know part of the the fractured earth Mm -hmm. um and so yeah i think and i think like in general like apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic storytelling probably um yeah either by necessity must be very small or has to be sort of broken and and sort of follow these scattered pieces. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not to always be that person who talks about Game of Thrones, but <laughs> it is interesting to think that sort of as we as we head toward the apocalyptic event um, or the apocalypse in Game of Thrones, um, what what's actually what we're having is a consolidation of storylines. Um, so I guess that's sort of the world getting smaller. Um, mm-hmm. and if you can't fit into that world getting smaller, then you're going to die. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's interesting you brought up Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones kind of, um, it, it's kind of the inverse of what we're talking about. Um, this, it is kind of like a, a callback to, um, everyone banding together and, and, you know, let's leave, leave, uh, theories about Cersei doing a heel turn or Daenerys, but like, you know, be going crazy. Hard for me to leave um, those theories behind, but okay. Okay, well, okay, we can we can come back to them. But it is like going into the last the end of the last season. Uh, we do have like everyone's like we're gonna le- we're gonna put aside our petty war. We do have like this war of the worlds like detente situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna put aside our petty wars and we're going to uh, fight in the war between the living and the dead. Um, yeah, I mean, I and I think just, that. It's so much oh, no, more, I mean, at the very least, yeah, it's it's just so much more positive than, um, I guess, other than you kind of would expect from Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, which is why I don't think it'll last. Um, yeah, the, okay. I fair. mean, I think, I think for sure that there will be some kind of, some degree of subversion of this, uh, whether from Cersei, whether from Daenerys, or both, um... Like, I, I feel pretty confident in saying that I do not think that they are all going to band together and fight the living versus the dead. Um, <laughs> okay, fair enough. But I think I think you're right that it's 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 playing into that, which I think is sort of the classic sort of um, good versus evil, right? I mean, mm-hmm. ultimately, if we say, okay, the end of the world is evil, then humanity is good. And 
um, you know, we we have to sort of fit into those categories. And I mean, I just I think Game of Thrones for all I talk shit about it. Um, <laughs> I think it's a little more complicated than that. Um, but mm-hmm. oh, that made me think of something and I forgot. Oh, but 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 you are right that I think um, we are still seeing that to some degree. And that was one of the things that I remember when I was watching The Walking Dead. I remember people had compared it to Game of Thrones because, like, a lot of characters die. It can be pretty bleak. Um, But I remember really feeling like um, The Walking Dead was, at times, like, so much worse, like, so much more depressing than Game Mm -hmm. of Thrones. And it sometimes feeling like it was much more heartening. Because the at times the like bonds feel a lot stronger on The Walking Dead. Like you have less fear of people like turning on each other. Um, but at the same time, there's so much more willingness to sort of uh, to sacrifice, and there's so much more of people getting split up and getting um, like people aren't able. They try to come together, but like the world splits them up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is yeah, it a more like know. narratively uh so you're saying like the walking dead presents this vision of um of like strong personal bonds but that in the in the face of um like the game of thrones is one where like people fuck it up but uh the walking dead is kind yeah. of like the world has no place for kindness kind of yeah i mean and it, like obviously like they get to the point where like Oh, the true walking dead are the humans and like zombies oh. are you know fear fear humanity zombies are just whatever oh really but, they um... do that oh yeah yeah wait what humans are wait, the that true makes evil no sense. what what makes no sense zombies fear people no no zombies don't fear people sorry okay I, zombies I like, don't don't i said zombie zombies are whatever fear people <laughs> oh i see i like, see okay I see, I see. Like they treat zombies as like this this um just like part of life whereas um people are the ones who will, you know, really fuck you up and do the really disturbing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um you know, people are the ones okay. who are being okay. cannibals or whatever. Yeah, um, I was I was um I thought you meant like, you know, the zombies were had like were still intelligent and they had, you know, feelings no. and stuff. Okay. No, they don't. I was, like, I was not expecting that from Game of Thrones. Like, it's a, it's a classic from, twist. From The Walking Dead. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Walking Dead. I was not expecting people to have feelings on the um, Game of Thrones. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess, I guess like, what I'm saying is, like, maybe it's just because of the narrative or whatever, because the show has to keep going. Um, and, again, I'm a couple seasons behind, so who knows. But, like, you get, like, a community comes together and it's like, stays together um, but then some horrific event happens and they all get split up again mm-hmm. and then it comes together. So it's like, it's the constant like forming and reforming of communities. Whereas uh-huh. I feel like Game of Thrones has been sort of like, um, everyone sort of instantly was like dispersed and now like only now in the past like couple of seasons has like the coming together started to happen. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about, um, I mean like for Game of Thrones we have, um, I've just sort of been thinking about this, uh this dispersion as uh part of the as part of the narrative i guess and then in game of thrones mm-hmm. we have the um the starks naturally with like their own 
kind of personal moment of reckoning when uh, Ned Stark is killed. Right. Um, and I mean, this, and... are you are you calling that an apocalyptic event? Uh, okay. So, so I guess it's I mean, personally, it is for, for them. How Stark? Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm not because I, I feel like I'm stretching the definition a little bit, but um, especially just in the way we call, if we're talking about um, the splitting up of people, uh, the splitting up of narratives as kind of like uh, the moment of apocalypse is the moment when the story, the story cannot support a larger, like a larger cast or whatever. Um, it is mm-hmm. the point when we see like. Arya, Arya goes on her, on her own story. Sansa goes on her own story, and then, and it, it is like once they, once people are coming back to Winterfell, it feels. I mean, it feels like a healing. It feels like uh, that's a moment when people are recovering, and like on a on one level, it absolutely is because they're seeing their brothers and sisters again for the first time. Um, but from like, it's funny just because like from a from a narrative point of view, uh, the viewers are kind of like okay, so we can, we can like, kind of pick up the pace because we don't have to have all these, these cuts. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're, you're right. I mean, I think it's an interesting um, theory to pose whether it's true or not. I think it's an interesting theory to pose or, like, definition to pose that, like, the moment of apocalypse is the moment when the story becomes so fractured that it cannot sustain uh, a single storyline. Um I, I I don't know that that's true. Yeah, I don't I guess... think you necessarily know that that's true, but yeah, I think it's yeah. an interesting thing to think about. And I think like if we apply it to something like Game of Thrones um, or something like The Walking Dead um, or things that maybe are, are mm, calling them apocalyptic is a little like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> um, like, I, I think that's, that's both helpful and unhelpful in the sense that I think we can see sort of all the mini apocalypses that occur. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. But at the same time, like, what is the, like, is it useful to think of um, mini apocalypses? Or, like, is the apocalypse the apocalypse and has to be one thing? Um, I mean, and that's part of why the whole, like, is The Walking Dead apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic? Like, it's if things are getting worse, like we don't really know if things are getting worse or getting better. Uh It seems like they're getting worse. Um, Then isn't that like, how do we know they're not heading toward another cataclysm? Mm -hmm. Um, In which case was that first cataclysm, the apocalypse or is the one that's coming the apocalypse? Right. Um, So maybe like zombies are bears. Yeah. So maybe it's like, instead of thinking of the apocalypse as the apocalypse a moment it is more of a um a series of sort of catastrophic fracturing events um Mm -hmm. big and little yeah yeah i mean i think um not necessarily that this the narrative becomes fractured but but just like i don't know i mean okay here's here's an interesting question um (laughs) What about the how, what do you what do you think about the Truman Show as as apocalypse? Um, because interesting, it, like, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it might be. It's. I was just sort of thinking about um, like that. Uh, you know, the destruction of everything we know. You know, just just go, moving away from like the um, Game of Thronesy, uh, Lucy Goosey, 
like it's a, it's a theoret- metaphorical apocalypse. Um, yeah. But Truman Show, where it's like to Truman, it is like a literal apocalypse, like this literal like end of the world scenario. Um, but it, there's kind of like this weird dramatic irony that uh, the viewers, both the viewers in the movie and like the viewers outside the movie, know that it's not like Truman doesn't know what exists past like the water and the waves and whatever. Um, but has to take it on chance. I don't know. Um, and that's a case where there is like one, there is like one story. I don't know. I I just sort of threw it out there just because I kind of vaguely matched our thesis, which I guess is par for the course. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, it is a really interesting question. Like to what extent is, um, because it is the the destruction of Truman's world, right? Mm-hmm. And even if everyone else knows that it's not actually the end of the world, um, like sort of like for him, it like literally is. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's like another world behind it um, or outside of it or beyond it. Um, but that doesn't mean that world didn't like fall apart, mm-hmm. like collapse um or explode or however you want to think of it in in like literal senses like it it does collapse around him and also like and also in the more obvious metaphorical sense Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's it it, yeah and i think i think that does sort of match the idea that like it's hard to think about and maybe this is just our like innate sort of humanness of us Mm -hmm. it's very you know human centric thinking anthrocentric um but like it's hard to think of apocalypse as something um impersonal Mm -hmm. you know i think like even when we think about it as this big thing that like destroys us all simultaneously like we don't think of it um impersonally either like we're thinking of it as sort of um this i don't know we think about about it through human moments mm-hmm. i don't know did you ever see that seeking a friend for the end of the world movie i saw the short where like two strangers like make out and i or whatever well it's like they oh. they fall okay sorry go on molly what is it <laughs> well anyway i mean it's 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 a movie where steve carell and Kira knightley um they know the world's ending everyone knows the world is ending um they sort of band together because he has something he wants to do. He wants to, like, find the the love of his life that he let get away. And she has something she wants to do. I think she's trying to get to England um, before the world ends. Um, and, you know, they, like, become friends and, you know, fall in love along the way. Um, and it ends, like, with the world ending. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the end of the movie. Um, and so, like, even even in this sort of scenario where it's like, okay, the world is ending. We know there's no way to stop it. Like everyone is just kind of like dealing with it. The way that we can sort of understand that kind of story is through this, um, well understood human narrative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like we, maybe part of what's interesting about, um, about the fifth season and those books is that like, at times it does feel like it's thinking, apocalyptically at the level of the earth Mm -hmm. rather than at the level of humans on the earth oh yeah absolutely um Um, 
It is. Yeah. I mean, the part of the books is, is kind of thinking about not just like losing humanity, but like also the earth, like ceasing to exist as the earth. But no, I mean, I think, I think that's interesting. I mean, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think it's, it's psychically um, apocalypse differs from post-apocalypse. Like post-apocalypse is about uh, survivors, I guess. And apocalypse is about dying. <laughs> like these, um, is about like putting into literal terms, like live as if you won't see tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and the, and it's a lot, the narratives you get from those stories are a lot richer in the sense of like, like seeking an end for the, and a friend for the end of the world will not have Bruce Willis, you know, will you kind of think about it? Like, well, whether apocalypse will be averted, but it is kind of like if you knew you were going to die and knew everyone else was going to die too, like, uh, you know, would that be a fundamentally a very freeing realization? I don't know if that's, mm-hmm. you know. Um... Right. I mean, and, I, you know, like some people do bad things, but like a lot of people just become more, you know, fearless or whatever. Um, whereas I think, yeah, the post-apocalyptic context is usually about people sort of having to do things they wouldn't normally do rather than like becoming their true selves um they have to like become other people in order to survive Mm -hmm. um which i don't know that distinction makes sense right yeah no i i definitely think so um and like i don't know i'm just thinking of this tweet i saw so do you remember when um hawaii got this false nuclear forehead warning yeah. Um, and then I just saw this tweet that was like, shout out to like the people who com- admitted they they cheated because they, you know, to their loved ones, cheated on their loved ones because they thought it wouldn't matter anymore. Um, why would you do that? Like, sorry. I'm sorry. If I thought I was about to die, why would you confess that? Well, you know, to die with a clean conscience or something. I, you know, people have I done guess. that. I, I guess. Make people you care about miserable in their last minute. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. But like, if you're, if you're one, you're really... You really want to make it about you. <laughs> I guess so. There are those people. Um, but Uh-oh. yeah, yeah. But but it is like, it's it's out of your hands. Like, what are you going to do if it's, what would you do if it's out of your hands? Um, and I think, I guess that's, and that's the reason, I guess, why so many of these narratives end up being about like kind of these like respectful or like this kind of like laying uh and obviously this is not you know like you said the apocalypse apocalypse does not affect everyone equally but in the specific like the the laying to rest of humanity like the the respectful like what are if humanity will be wiped out like what are the last moments we want to see or like what are the last what psychic echo do we want to leave behind or something yeah um, that reminds me, this is sort of the exact opposite of what you just said, but, um, there's an episode of Doctor Who in the, in the first season, um, the Eccleston season, um, where he, he takes Rose to, um, to, to the future to see the, the end of the world, which is like humanity has moved off of earth has like gone to other places um and the the earth itself is now exploding and there's sort of this huge um like event to like watch it and to experience it and to sort of send it off in style um and it's about the the planet itself Mm -hmm. being destroyed um and like it's not figured i mean i don't i feel like it's not figured as an apocalypse right Mm -hmm. 
because humanity like has been able to spread right humanity has escaped. has escaped um yeah but but i still think it's interesting the idea of sort of the respectful send off of the planet itself mhm versus versus something like maybe the the broken earth trilogy where it's like um the earth screams its hate at you you know from hell yeah. you know i what what's the phrase go like from hell something i i spit my hate at thee i don't know okay okay i'll i'll figure it out later <laughs> okay um yeah I don't... I don't know are there any other like apocalypse things we like definitely want to mention um let's see we did mention dr strange love i mentioned final fantasy (laughs) six um i i guess i was thinking like remember that like 2012 the oh yeah like the mayan calendar thing yeah the mayan calendar thing like i feel like that's a whole genre of movie too um which i have not seen any of them so like like geostorm (laughs) or what do you mean like like uh like specifically like um the sort of Mayan oh. apocalypse uh like ancient knowledge of the world's end. Oh, okay. Um the the apocalypse that is neither it's neither um like a sciency apocalypse or like a biblical apocalypse, but is like um, magical yeah like magical or like um what's the word i'm looking for like not holy but like oh eschatological eschatological no that wasn't what i was asking for <laughs> um like basically it's like on the level of gods uh-huh. um okay deific like... yeah you don't need okay. <laughs> sorry sorry i'm just like, um, like now i'm gonna be wondering too but like and I don't know what to say about that. That's just something else. <laughs> it's got. It's. I mean, it has like tapered off. The. I, mean, I guess we did get well, like Noah. We made it past 2012. Yeah, we did make it through 2012. Um, but like, I guess we haven't seen. I haven't seen as many like divine retribution ones. Um, like 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 biblical type. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the leftovers, which I guess by our definition would be a post-apocalyptic. Um, because the event of the, um, like, disappearance of all these people has already happened, um, which I guess is sort of a rapture event, but it's not exactly a rapture. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I I don't know, or, like, the Left Behind series. I mean, yeah, there's, there's sort of the, the, the revelations, um, world falls apart, pretender yeah we, we antichrist i guess like, it's funny that we we kind of went the entire episode without talking about the classic biblical apocalypse of four horsemen i mean i mentioned um, it at the top but you didn't take up anything with it okay i'm sorry <laughs> do you i mean okay we could talk about good omens um before we wrap the episode up oh that's a great yeah that's a great one to talk about i love good omens okay here's here's my thoughts on good omens great book that's it. <laughs> that's that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think like Good Omens is a great example of sort of the the playful um, engagement with the biblical apocalypse, um, and something like Left Behind is a evangelical uh, 
Do you know what Left Behind is? Uh, I, I've kind of heard of it as, like, it's the rapture happens and only the evil people are left behind. Yeah. The the sinners. Yeah. Um, And so, like, it follows, like, sinners who, like, now are trying to repent, right? Because that's part of the the rapture is yeah, like the, I... the people who are holy get taken away and then everyone else has to sort of live through i don't remember how many years of the antichrist and like terrible things happening and then those who are like holy and repent during that time Ugh. will not go to hell um Ugh. when the world ends yeah yeah whatever <laughs> get off your high horse um, god so yeah i don't know um but yeah i i, I think End of the world. I think it's on everybody's mind, but I think, you know, part of the reason we didn't engage with the biblical one is because for us, that's not really the end of the world that's on our mind. The end of the world that's on our mind is the environmental, political... Yeah, it's true. (laughs) ...catastrophe that is inevitable, or catastrophes that will continue. Um, So on that happy note, um, so what have you been up to? What have you been reading? (laughs) Um... So, watching doing yeah yeah so i've been playing a game called into the breach which is funny it's funny just because today we're talking about apocalypse because it's kind of like um like kaiju like giant mechs fighting giant insects to save humanity uh mm-hmm. but like basically if you lose you like you warp to another timeline and try again um mm. so like the previous timeline like is kind of screwed like they're all they're dead <laughs> um I think I think implies that only the future has the ability to send these giant mechs back in time, and these giant mechs are the only ones that can fight these giant bugs. Anyways, it's a very, mm-hmm. very solid, very tight, like strategic game that um, really invites you to think ahead, use positioning. Uh, all the insects kind of telegraph their attacks at the beginning of a turn, so you have the entire turn to sort of figure out how to set it up so you make it through without like any civilians or buildings being destroyed so that's um so i've been spending a lot of time on that uh i saw annihilation which i thought was uh pretty good i like the books better because i'm a snob but um i thought the i thought the movie did a lot of really cool things and i think specifically um the books kind of capture this um this uh fearful wonder i guess at like the the weird things that are happening and the movie actually gets uh, also has a little bit of that, which I thought was neat. Oh, that yeah, it? Yeah, sorry, sorry, that was it. Uh, I don't, I, yeah, I think that was it. Okay. Um, well, I just had my quote-unquote spring break, um, <laughs> where I, instead of, um, doing all the stuff I'm supposed to be doing, like reading Daniel Deronda, um, I, which I'm sure is very good, but I... <laughs> Um, I instead um, read the first four Percy Jackson books. I'm waiting on the library to get the fifth one. Um, they're very fun and definitely for children, um, but very fun. And um, and they keep getting better. You know, it's it's not like Harry Potter, how they like mature, but they definitely go from like, <laughs> they get a little more complex as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, what else? I started reading, uh, The Stone Sky, which is the third of the, um, Broken Earth trilogy. Yeah. So hopefully I'll be done with that soon. Um, I also got out from the library, so I only have it for a couple of weeks. Um, other than that, yeah, not, not really anything. Um, 
I saw Black Panther. Have you seen Black Panther? I haven't seen Black Panther. You haven't seen... Okay, go see Black Panther. Okay. Just go see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's true about... Okay, the lines. It's too popular. Buy a ticket ahead of time. What are you talking about? What? You just buy a ticket. Yeah, that's true. Ahead of time. <laughs> and then go. I bought a ticket. I was going to go alone, except then I ran into a friend and oh, nice. went with him. Nice. But, like, I just bought my ticket by myself. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It's true. Because it was spring break and everyone was gone. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you should see it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. I don't know. Cool. I watched the 1999 Mansfield Park movie. It's really strange. I might write an essay about how very strange it is. Is it is it a good adaptation? No, <laughs> but it's a strange adaptation. Um, it's trying to do a lot. And I don't quite know why it's trying to do all those things. Um, like, there are some obvious things it does. Like, it makes it a much more romantic love story. Mansfield Park is not particularly romantic as far as the various romances go. They, like, they make the main character, who in the book is very passive and docile, they make her more spunky. Mm-hmm. Um, which I get. Like, I get it. Um, they make her more likable. But... Um, but then they also like really, really heavily emphasize like some slavery aspects, which is like sort of underneath in the book. Like slavery is mentioned, but it's um, definitely uh, not a part of the text. Like Jane Austen isn't engaging with it. Mm-hmm. And then critics have sort of worked worked to bring out the fact that like slavery is like sort of behind the wealth of this whole family. Like we should think about that. Um, and so the movie's like engaging with that. Um, but it's really weird for it to engage with that in the way that it does while simultaneously making it a more, like, romantic comedy e-movie. <laughs> um, huh. So it's, 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 it's a strange, it's a strange yeah, one. Um, yeah, so I guess that, that's it for me. I don't know. Yeah, and good. watching a lot of Frasier. Finally on season eight. How oh, you, I'm getting so how close. How many seasons of Frasier are there? Eleven. Okay, so you're, you're closing in on the end. I am closing in on the end. Uh, you're going to be properly <laughs> phrased. Um, I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't think that's anything. Um, okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, as always, uh, you know, rate us on iTunes if you can, I guess. Subscribe. Subscribe. Send us emails or tweets. Uh, I, I've been letting the emails pile up, uh, so I apologize, but I also kind of feel like there won't be any emails. <laughs> Apologies if you have sent an email and haven't responded. I will get to that. Um, so, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter, at StoryGutsCast. But a better thing to do is just follow our individual Twitters. Mine is at TheMollyJean. That's the M-O-L-L-Y-J-E-A-N-N-E. Um, and I haven't been tweeting, but you can follow me at Alonculus, which is A-L-O-N-K-U-L-O-U-S. Um, well... Thank you for listening. Um, again, I'm Molly Curran. And I'm Alice Lai. And stay hungry. Was there anything else? That's it. Okay. Wow.